0: Given a little bit of an introduction to what we're going to talk about. God loves you. God loves you. God, Yahweh, right? He, He declared His name Yahweh, the Creator, the Redeemer. Elohim, the Hebrew description for the big God, the great God, the one that there is, no other God that's bigger than. God loves you. He cares about you. He saved you because He loves you. He created you by design because He loves you. God loves you. And each of us, every day, can use a reminder of that and also an expansion of our understanding of that. Did you know that you can grow? You can grow. You can grow in your understanding. You can grow in your relationship with God. You can grow as a person. And that includes an understanding of God's love for you, what that means. And then that is going to naturally have results. It's going to naturally have benefits. Are you hearing me? It's a good God that we serve, that we believe in, that we love, that we turn to. And He he loves us. We, we have to start there. It's unavoidable. It's irresistible, right? Unavoidable, irresistible truth. Now, we're in a series called Safe Place. We're talking about one of our core values. For us as a church, City Harbor Church, as you see on the screen, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. And in this, we're turning to the scriptures and we're talking a little bit about why. Why do we do what we do? And how do we do what we do? That's a a part of what we're talking about. And I'm taking us back a little bit to the journey that um, Pastor Rebecca and I had, even in the praying about what is it that God wants us to do God revealing his plan, his vision, his dream for this church and what it looks like, even from the very beginning. And and God used Psalm 107 in that journey for us as the words leapt off the page as God was describing what kind of church this was to be. Describing God and God's relationship with people that are hurt, people that are hungry, people that are thirsty, people that are disenfranchised, people that are oppressed, people that are looked down on. And it says... He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. In that moment, after having studied the New Testament in depth for hours and hours and seeing over and over that the way that they started churches was they went into the middle of a city. God was speaking to me that this church was to be in the middle of the city. Pull up the map and look, oh, there we are, right? And God has a heart for cities. They are by His design. In fact, in the description that we get of Scripture of what will be after Christ's return is a revelation of a city that He is building, that He is preparing to a city where they could live. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as He brought them safely into harbor. But that, I mean, talking about our core values, they come from our core beliefs and they affect our core practices, the things that we do. And by all this terminology, I don't want you to get distracted by vocabulary. What I'm talking about is some of the basic, simple, simple foundational things that if you took them out of this church, we would no longer be who we are. Who we are at large as God's kids, but also who we are and who God has specifically designed us to be, specifically called us to be. And one of the things that God has specifically called us to be is a safe place for people to find and follow Jesus. So a part of what we're talking about is, how does that look? What's involved with that? Are we together? Right? Now, how will we be a safe place? So. In this series, I'm just taking four simple elements of that. Last Sunday, if you had to miss, please listen to it on the website, cityharborchurch.com, or through iTunes, or however you get your podcast. Via our relationship with God. We will not, cannot be a safe place without a relationship with God from where we dr- derive safety, right? You can't walk into a room and bring peace if you don't have peace first, right? So our relationship with God, Today we're going to talk about that comes through love, right? And we just did a whole series unpacking this love word, and now we're going to put it to work. We're going to put it to practice. Our relationship with God through love that results in forgiveness and faith. For us as a church, a a spiritual family that comes together, we will only be a safe place if these four ingredients are present. Are you tracking? This is essential. This is an essential to to who we are. What this looks like is when, when we are overwhelmed, when we are challenged, we come together to find a safe place. Your spiritual family where you know that there are people that are committed to you, people that love you, people that will help you, that's what we're talking about. Does that sound good? Yes. Does that sound like something that you want? Yes. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> a God kind of love. We unpacked in our series that this word agape that's used in the New Testament, this Greek word to describe a God kind of love to unpack and help us define and understand and put our hands on and put to use what does a God kind of love look like and how is it different from human love, right? Because we don't want to prejudice God. We don't want to prejudice God by treating Him like He's a human, right? Because God doesn't love us like humans love us. God loves us with His kind of love. Well, what we found is that this agape love, this God kind of love, is faithful. It's faithful, It includes his affections, to be sure. And and even in the prophets, we see that God sings over us. It includes his affection, his, his wooing us, his caring for us, his liking us, liking the things that make us different, him enjoying being around us. But it also includes a decision that he makes, not because we are attractive, not because we are valuable, not because of what we do for him, not because we look good, talk right, sound right, smell right. Are you with me? But God does not make a decision to love us for any of those things. But instead, God makes a decision to love us because it is based on His character. It is based upon who He is. God makes a decision to love us and then His love for us is faithful. As Brother Ray was leading us through communion, we're reminded of what was involved with that. Our, our ability to talk to God, to listen to God today, is based on a salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. Which, of which God paid the highest price. It was expensive. It wasn't easy. It was an expensive thing where God made a decision to remove the obstacles for our relationship with Him. love us despite our selfishness, despite our sins, despite when we reject Him, despite when we think we have it all figured out. God's love is faithful. Faithful. God's love is faithful, it is patient, it is kind, it is selfless. God doesn't love us for what He can get out of us. No, that's what humans do. God's love is faithful, it's patient, it's kind. And pain that we experience in this world is oftentimes at the hands of other humans that are not loving God. But even in that pain, God's grace and God's love is in there because God is respecting the free will, the dignity, the ability to choose of that human. God could easily... Force us to love him. Force us to be good, look good, smell right. He could easily force us to respond to him, to praise him. But he didn't. We see in his resurrection after Jesus is resurrected and before he ascends to the Father, and over a month, in the five hundred people that he appears to physically in his resurrected body, not one of them rejected him. They all believed. And yet Jesus ascended to the Father, which gives us an opportunity to accept or reject Him. In and of itself, that which we can be frustrated about and unhappy about includes a decision of God to love us selflessly, faithfully, patiently, with kindness, with respect for our dignity, for our ability to choose. What kind of love is this that comes from the Father? Let's interact with this a little bit more. Jesus is asked, what's, what's the most important thing that God has spoken to date? What's the, the thing that is the most important? And this is His response. Love God with all you've got, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This so why recently in the message hallelujah we talked about our worship when we come together we should worship with all we've got Ronald loves the ravens and he loves the Lord we cheer for both but which do we cheer for more love God with all you've got and love others in the same way that you take care of yourself. Jesus saying these words is not just using a warm fuzzy word or a human kind of love word. He's using the God kind of love word. He's saying agape God. Agape each other. Love God and love each other with a love that is faithful, patient, kind, and selfless. Jesus is saying that's, that's, that's the most important stuff. We get this. This is from 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends. Now this, the context here. This is for believers. Believers at large. Okay? Not just one local church, but all believers. So this would be relevant even to people. I don't believe in the church. Punk the church. I hate the church. Yeah, I felt that way before too. This applies to everybody. Dear friends. Let us continue to agape love, he uses the agape love word specifically. Let us continue to love one another, for love, agape love, comes from God. (laughs) Anyone who agape loves is a child of God and knows God. Not anyone that has warm, fuzzy feelings, oh, they're all believers, they're all going to be in heaven. That's not what he's saying. He's using an agape love word. Because humans in their base nature don't agape love. right? Anyone who agape loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not agape love does not know God for God is agape love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real agape love. This is real love. Not that we Agape loved God but that he, Agape loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins John's saying, we know love by its actions, by the actions it prompts, and there is nothing more pure, no greater a definition of that than what God has done for us in this act, that's why you notice this church, like can't we just come to church and not talk about Jesus once, no (laughs) Jesus is the answer, right? This is how we know real love. Love gives. Lust takes. Love gives. Lust takes. Lust feeds itself. Love gives. Now, wrapped up in this, all throughout the scripture, We see writings about this that include writings about you are a spirit. You are a new creation in God. You are a spirit that is called to look like God, smell like God, act like God. That's why Christians were called mini-Jesus, right? They behaved like Jesus. They looked like Jesus. They smelled like Jesus. They talked like Jesus. That's why I said, oh, I'm just forgiven. God will take care of the rest of my mess later. No. that's God's not okay with that attitude. No, you have a spirit. You are made new in your spirit, a new person that is made to desire more of God, that is desired for your mind, your decision making, your emotions, for your physical body, for your spirit to start to act more like Jesus. Now, what we also have is a carnal nature, a human nature, a sin nature. That is covered and forgiven by the blood of Christ. And yet God is working out in us this word propitiation. We're covered. A sanctification in which God is working out our salvation through us in our growing up. And our allowing our flesh to be crucified. Take up your cross. What does that mean? You are going to have carnal desires. Carnal thoughts. But Jeremiah reveals of human desire there is no end. Right? You have a carnal nature, a human nature. And in our relationship with God and in our relationship with each other, these two things are in conflict. And the reason that I come here and in our small groups and do other things personally is to feed my spirit more than I am feeding my flesh. Are you Feeding your spirit more than you are feeding your flesh. So I'm I'm overwhelmed. I've got these desires. I've got these thoughts. I've got these emotions. Okay, let's look at how you've spent the last week. Are you giving your spirit a chance? Give your spirit a chance with a daily intake of God's Word, with prayer, with confessing your sins to Him and to others, as the Scripture advises us to do, to honestly confess your sins to others, to quickly receive the forgiveness of God, which is complete, which is total, which is whole. talk about that more in a second. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 unpacks what a God kind of love, an agape kind of love, talks about. And so I want to talk about that and... Think about it both in terms of the way that God loves you, but also in the way that you love other people, right? So I've inserted this phrase, Jesus' love in me is. Now in the text, it just says love is. But that love is the agape love word. And if we unpack the definition and the usage of that, we could say Jesus' love in me is an accurate translation of what's being said there. Jesus' love in me is faithful, patient, kind, not jealous or boastful, or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Jesus' love in me never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures Through every circumstance. That's beautiful. It describes how God has loved us through salvation. And it describes our response. And it describes how we can love each other. So in just a few minutes I have left. Take notes fast. Take pictures of the slides or something. In what ways can we love each other? I propose to you. That if you read the New Testament and you pay attention to how the people responded to this, what they did, if you pay attention to their actions and their words, I think that you would find that the people in the New Testament, real people like you, the historical account of what they did, included that they loved each other in ways that were easy and in ways that were hard. And I'm inviting us to respond to the words of Christ, respond to the love of God for us in ways that are easy and ways that are hard. With God's love, to love each other with God's love. It's always going to feel overwhelming if I think that what's being talked about is loving other people with my love, with my abilities. It's not what we're talking about. We're saying, God, help me. God, give me your love for me. And God, give me your love for others. Help me love other people with your love. That's what we're talking about, okay? So with God's love, I can smile. Did you know that smiling at someone is a way of loving them? With a God kind of love. Listening. Loving is listening. Loving is listening. Not not just hearing, listening, come on. Learning, loving is learning. Learn about someone. Get to know them, learn about them. Spend time with them, build relationships. I'm calling us as a church to a season of intentionally building relationships with each other. I don't care how you do it. Watch a show together. Read a book together. I'm always a fan of coffee, (laughs) right? Think about this. God saved you because he loves you. You are the most like Jesus when you are agape loving each other. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah? Now, five choices. We're going to do them quick, okay? Because I know I'm already running late. Five choices that we can choose to live love with each other. Are you with me? Yes. Number one, we choose to believe that each person is created in God's image and worthy of love and respect. Now that is within this room and for people outside this room. No matter what their lifestyle is, no matter what's going on, no matter what they're throwing at you, everybody. We choose to believe that each person is created in God's image and worthy of love and respect. That's how this church is a safe place to find and follow Jesus. Second, we choose to love others. Now, I'm agape love others. By God's grace, by His ability that He gives you, with a God kind of love that's faithful, patient, kind, and selfless. You need to make a decision to do this. It's warm and fuzzy, and it's cold and calculated. At the same time. Right, We choose to love others by God's grace, faithful, patient, kind, and selfless. Number three, we choose to be available to each other and to listen to each other, sometimes over food. Amen. <laughs> I want to refresh us, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I'm not having to talk about something that's a problem, because this is something that we're actually good at. And, and, and bringing meals to each other, right? We, we are a church that actually takes food to each other's houses. Right? so But you need to make a decision to be available to each other. That means you carve it out. Make it available. Number four. We choose to take action. Sharing love by giving of our time, energy, and money to each other. Sound? Good? Try it with me. Look at somebody else in this room. Try it with them. This is what agape looks like. We choose to take action, sharing love by giving of our time, energy, and money to each other. (laughs) Number five, we choose to exercise self-control and treat each other how we would want to be treated. (gasps) So I know what you've been waiting on. (laughs) (laughs) This is the peacock mantis shrimp, my favorite animal in the Baltimore Aquarium. The peacock mantis shrimp is unique in the animal kingdom for a number of reasons. One, it's eyes. It has the most complex eyes in the animal kingdom. Humans, we humans have three color receptors in our eyes. All the color that you see is through three color receptors. The peacock mantis shrimp has 12. 12. The peacock mantis shrimp can see circularly polarized light. It's really cool, look it up. (laughs) And its eyes are independent of each other, right? Which is, as my son would say, creepy. (laughs) The peacock mantis shrimp also has a tool that it uses when it hunts and for self-defense. It has this little thing that it can shoot out in between, down below its eyes, that goes faster than a 22 bullet to pierce the shell of something else, right? It goes so fast that when that occurs, it literally boils the water that it's moving. And the water comes in boiling hot temperature, and it fires. It's for self-defense and for its prey that it eats, what does that have to do with loving each other? I'm so glad you asked. When we're growing up out of our immaturity, it's normal for us to think that we see things that other people don't see. And it's normal for us to think that we have the right word to say to fix another person. We need to exercise self-control. Just because you see something doesn't mean that God's asked you to say something. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. When the scripture tells us to speak the truth in love, it's the agape love word, and it's not a joke. It's something that God will hold us accountable for. Maybe the thing that I've had to apologize for the most. That's why James, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, writes so seriously about our tongue. He writes with the same tongue we praise God and curse others. This should not be. This will be a safe place if we will exercise self control and if we will recognize a lack of self control. As a weakness, not a wickedness, as an immaturity that God can help grow up. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ that lack self-control with their tongue. There's no condemnation for that. There's forgiveness for that. But there needs to be repentance for that. And there needs to be an understanding that love looks like self-control. If there was anybody that could judge the sin of others on this earth, it was Jesus. And I think we should look at how he used his tongue. Are we Jesus? Not so much. Yeah, we prove it every time we use our tongue in a way we shouldn't. Are you with me? Yes. So as a, as a practical word of suggestion, I think it's good to ask God before you speak. They say, God, I'm noticing this. What is it that you're wanting me to do? Is this a speck when there's a log in my own eye? God, have you given me the place to say something? Because there is such a thing as biblical exhorting each other. But if you actually study that in the scripture, it includes way more encouragement than pointing out something that's wrong. It does include pointing out something that's wrong. There is a biblical place for that in the church. But if you study scripture and you look at the volume of what's suggested, there's way more encourage each other, build each other up, lift each other up, love on each other, compliment each other, help each other. Help looks like putting a tool in someone's hand. Not hitting them with one. Should there be boiling hot water coming out of our mouths? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. We choose to exercise self-control and treat each other with how we would want to be treated. Thank you, God, for the Peacock ministry. <laughs> Will you stand with me and we'll close with this prayer. I'm so glad that this is a church where we love each other, This is not something that we're talking about because we have a massive problem with. Now listen, we're human, we're not perfect, but I'm so glad the many people that I've talked to that have come in here far from God have told me how they've been loved by people in this church. I'm going to read this prayer and then pray over us before we go this morning. God, you are more important to me than anything else in this world. Thank you for taking away the guilt of my sin through Jesus. Please help me to receive your love as you intended it. Please help me be changed by your love. Please help me share your love with others. God, I thank you so very much that you saved us because you love us. And that it is possible through your love for us to love each other in a way that looks like Jesus. I thank you that you are patient with us. God, and we make the same mistakes over and over that you are kind to us, Lord, when we are imperfect. I thank you, God, that you've loved us selflessly, not for what you can get out of us. And God, that you have loved us faithfully, even when we have not been faithful. I thank you that that is who you are and that this is a church that is a safe place to find and follow you. I thank you that we can receive your love and freely give it away because it will never run out. Thank you for that today, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Grace and peace to you today. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great week.